You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. We are talking about the seventh episode of Killjoys, Kiss Kiss Bye Bye. While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we'll give our quick reviews, and then we'll talk about notable elements and stuff that made us happy, and then we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after watching this week's episode. Let's get started with our quick reviews. I really, really liked this episode. I'm glad we got more insight into Dutch's and especially Davin's pasts. And uh, I thought that, you know, a lot of stuff that the show has done really well all along is like done possibly even better in this episode. Like I just, it's very, I don't know, it's very killjoysy for lack of a better word, <laughs> which sounds dumb, but I said it anyway. And I, I just love how supportive everyone is. It's so nice. Hmm. I'm a sucker for that sort of thing, so. Me too. In terms of quality, I thought the episode was good, but I personally don't love some of the writing choices that were made. We talked some last week about how we weren't liking the possibility of Davin in Dutch becoming romantically involved. I pretty much knew that they were going to go there from the first episode. I knew it was coming, but I don't love that it happened in the context of this storyline. And this is me getting a little serious and feministy, and I know some people are going to roll their eyes at me who are listening, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not saying you're a bad person if you don't agree with me. But I do think that TV shows need to be careful when they show a person being violent with somebody they are with one of their partners and couch it in this context of... Well, it wasn't, he didn't really mean it. He didn't really mean to do it. And I'm not sure that they did it in the best way possible in this episode. So I'm a little squeamish about that aspect of it. But there were pieces of it that I really did enjoy. And again, I feel like it was a good episode. I just don't love some of the writing choices. Um, I really love this up because we, I really like seeing Davin get to the bottom of the mystery of who is behind the alteration slash memory wipe. And then we see the horrible consequences of him being switched on again and what it does and what it will do to his relationship with Dutch and Johnny in the future. I'm curious to see how that plays out. And, you know, again, I felt surprisingly okay with the Dutch and Davin hookup since I knew it was coming. And But just how they related in the scenes when they're talking about why they want these pieces of them back and, you know... uh Dutch saying, well, if you can't, you know, if you can't be forgiven, what hope is there for me? Just, I really thought those were stellar performances by Hannah John Common and Luke McFarlane. I just really enjoyed them. Hey, Chris. Yes. Buffy and Angel slept together and Angel had his moment of one true happiness and he turned into a monster again. I, I was thinking of that as I was watching this episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I, I totally get your point about the aspect of violence and i don't disagree with you but it's at the same time it doesn't particularly bother me in this instance i i hadn't thought about it but it was really disturbing to see right because of the relationship that's been built up now between these characters and i mean yeah it's hard to see but it's at the same time i mean how are you going to I mean, the writing went there, but, you know, I mean, given what the plot was, I mean, what else can he say that it wasn't his fault and that it wasn't him? But Well, they didn't have to have them sleep together before this happened. That's the piece that mm. makes it uncomfortable oh, okay. for me. Like, he could have turned on them 
and not have had this sexual relationship with her. And, but I know why they did it. I totally know why, because, you know, they were having this really intimate connection and then they were intimate. And so you have this huge startling moment where Davin's attacking her and he's still, you know, shirtless from having them having slept together. She's just wearing his shirt. Like it's this moment where they are both sort of at their most vulnerable and he's turned into this killing machine. So I understand, you know, they wanted to mind the drama out of that particular moment. I totally understand why they went there, but it makes me go, because it's followed by this, you know, he didn't mean to do it. And so like, I know, I know, I know, but it just kind of, it didn't sit well with me entirely. But they are, as, as Stephanie just referenced, spoiler alert, referencing Buffy, a, a season two Buffy situation. Maybe they're not referencing it. I think they're probably kind of referencing it, right? I don't know if it's a reference necessarily, but I wouldn't I, – I feel like it, it probably occurred to them. Let's say it like that, because of Buffy. We got a couple of emails from people. The first one from John Constantine, who assures me that that is his real name. Hey! <laughs> What's that character's name? Hellblazer? Hellraiser? Chris? Yeah, Hellblazer. Hellblazer. Hellblazer wrote us, Chris. That's awesome. And John said, as a whole, I liked the episode of Killjoys tonight. However, I knew from the second I saw Johnny's brother that the writers wouldn't be able to help themselves in having him get sexually involved with Dutch. I just feel that the sexual tension between them could have lasted at least one more season. He had promised Johnny that he'd treat Dutch as a sister and not sleep with her. So not too sure how I'm feeling about him at this point in the game. But it does take two to tango, so they say. Dutch should have known that you don't sleep with your partners from the job. It's definitely a complicated situation because also in this episode, it was a little weird to have him multiple times referring to her as boss. So he like he jumps from being in a sexual relationship with his therapist to being in a sexual relationship with somebody who's technically kind of his supervisor. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he just likes women with authority over him. <laughs> but then, Probably. you know, they're they're not, as Potter says, she's not totally free from fault either. And then with the looks and everything in the, what is it? UST unresolved sexual tension between Dutch and Davin when he says, well, you're the one that put me in leather, and then the looks they're giving each other, and then she responds to his kiss the first time they kiss. So, again, they're not completely blameless either in terms of pushing the relationship forward. But at the same time, I... I do kind of have a little bit of like, hey, both of you, because neither one of them felt like Johnny would be 100% okay with that. And while I'm not saying that Johnny should 100% dictate their personal relationships with each other, it did seem kind of not cool to me that they both knew Johnny would not be a fan and kind of went ahead with it anyway. Yeah. I agree. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know what, you it's know, complicated. It, it is, it is a complicated it is, situation. And it's, it's only going to get more complicated after everything that happened this episode. <sighs> but that's how they like it. Yep. And when I say they, I mean, TV writers. <laughs> yeah. So we had some feedback from Ray, who said, I'm probably the only viewer who is looking forward to Dutch and Davin getting together, but I trust the writers to sort it out and continue a nice balance with the trio, even if the romantic pairing were to continue. I'm enjoying each episode, and now that Davin's arc has been explained, I hope they tackle Dutch's arc and pass to finally beat Klein once and for all. And yeah, I kind of agree. You know, I 
was kind of like, you know, I don't know how it's going to go if they get together. But, you know, I did agree with um, just how it flowed in this episode with, I guess, Davin using the excuses, getting a little bit high to make out with Dutch and then them sleeping together. You know, I knew it was coming, but just, again, I really like those conversations between each other, between those two characters about relating with their pasts that kind of, you could see them coming closer together instead of just, okay, okay I'm going to sleep with you. So there was some nice, there, there was some nice dialogue and drama built up with that. And I can tell you for a fact, Ray, I have been on Tumblr. You are not the only one who was looking forward to Dutch and Davin getting together. There there are at least a few people who have been vocally saying that they wanted that to happen on, on Tumblr. So, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about Dutch and Davin generally, but I don't know. I, I didn't really want it to happen this soon in the series, but I'm kind of okay with how they had it happen. Yes, I have issues with the stuff that happened after that, <laughs> um, obviously, but... I mean, I see where they're going story-wise, though. So, you know, mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know. I was kind of okay with it, just because it was like a genuine moment, I felt like, between these two people having this thing in common and, and sort of grieving about it, in a way. So, Yeah, it made sense yeah. to me, too. It, what, what troubles it for me is what happened afterward, but the actual them getting together, I was okay with it. And I knew they would they would want to go there, if nothing else, to mine the tension that would occur between you know amongst the group if something like that happened right so i i knew it was probably inevitable though i was still holding out hope that maybe they would they would prioritize friendship over romantic relationship but that's okay i feel like though that friendship would still win out like if johnny Mm -hmm. were to make them choose between their relationships with him or their relationship with with each other i feel like they'd both choose johnny and I think it's going to be obviously really hard for them to have Davin and Dutch to have a physical relationship after what happened. And, you know, I was a little bit confused by the last line she has in the episode where she says, you know, it was still me. Yeah. Because he says he remembers everything that happened. And I had to watch it again and go, what does she mean? Is it just because she regrets having to beat him up so badly and to, you know, hold him down and just repress him and tie him up just so that she could save herself. Well, the the whole episode had been about the connection between the two of them and them feeling like they, they had this thing in common with the other one where they'd been in this situation and done this horrible thing and had all this regret over it. Mm-hmm. But the end of the episode was basically Davin had no choice. Like he literally had no choice. They brainwashed him and programmed it to do this thing. And Dutch now feels distanced from Davin because she still feels the guilt over what happened. She feels the blame for it, even though she was brainwashed as a child. Like, she doesn't, I don't know, I I guess in her mind, she still had a choice and she chose to do the things she did. She chose to murder the people. But it's like, literally, Klein gave her no choice. Like, it was them or her. Yeah, exactly. So, but but she's not seeing that part of it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had to watch it again to kind of get what Dutch was saying, but I knew it had a lot to do with her guilt over what she's done and what just happened between her and and Davin. But yeah, complicated. So, so Johnny continues to be 
pretty amazing. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> I thought he had some really strong little, uh, really strong moments in this episode. That idiot, though, for sticking that neural link on his neck. <laughs> well, how else is he going to find out how it works? But I love how Lucy was like, this is not a good idea, John, and his concern for him. As I put it, Johnny does something incredibly stupid for love and science. Because <laughs> you know he feels guilty or feels bad that he can't mm-hmm. figure the thing out for Dutch and would apparently do anything for her, including risk his own life, which is... <sighs> oh, Johnny. I-, I love you for your intention, Johnny, but that was just such a bad <laughs> idea. <sighs> But that did lead us to Utopia, which was kind of a marketplace, kind of a club. And I was like, oh, it's a freaky leaky. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was my thought, too. It's like, oh, it's Club Neolution. And then who do they find? Dr. Bliss, who is played by, I don't even know how you pronounce her name. Going phonetically, Serene Boylan, who played Astrid, who was a freaky leaky on Orphan Black. So, Oh, okay. That was what sealed it because I was. It was reminding me a little bit of Club Neolution before then, and then that actress showed up, and I thought, "And it's the Freaky Leaky." Perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> so Astrid's descendants are still really into the body modifications and such. Fringe science. So it would seem. Well, Utopia just looked like a big floating Rubik's cube to me, but it looked really cool. I like that. <laughs> I like that shot. I did tweet about it looking like Club Neolution during the live tweet, and somebody actually mm-hmm. responded with, think any of them have tails? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Possible. Very possible. I loved everybody in there. Undercover clothes. You're just jealous because I make this work. And uh, No, he doesn't. Dav- no, he doesn't. Yeah. Let me just say that f- emphatically. No, you do not, David. Why not? I like the tattoos. The tattoos were fine, but the outfit, no. I thought he looked sexy. Really? Not into the leather vest? No. But we got the return of Delsea from a few episodes ago, and I'm just wondering why she and Dutch won't make out already. It's called (laughs) I-sex. Yeah, that occurred to me, too. And I'm like, hmm. Yep. I feel like Delsea kind of wants it to happen. <laughs> Me too. She she the one is the one in particular who seems to be doing the most eye sexting at yeah at Dutch. Dutch is kind of wary, but but yeah. not. But I feel like Dutch might be into it if it were hot mm-hmm. enough. That's my perspective. <laughs> She'd be like, "Okay, we're having sex first, and then we'll go on the mission." She who in that in that sentence, Danny? Oh, uh, Delsea. Okay. That makes more sense. I just wanted clarification. No, no, not Dutch, but... And I thought that even in the first episode Delceo was in, they had a couple of scenes together, and I just thought, geez, there is is some serious sexual tension going on in these scenes. There's something going on. I'm not saying this is actually going to happen, just to be clear to listeners. I'm just joking, but I do think there's definitely some some tension there. You're joking, but you want it to happen. Oh, (laughs) whatever. I'm teasing. Uh Uh-huh. And Delsea revealed us that Dutch's old name was Yelena. Yes. I think we'd only ever heard her called Yella by Klein, correct? Yeah. Correct. But if you had looked at the credits or IMDb, you knew that her name was Yelena. Oh, well, I didn't look at the credits. They go by so fast. I know. I don't pause them. (laughs) 
And then probably the the bigger one was apparently she was royalty or a princess or something by marriage. Did you get very excited about the warrior princess statement, Annie? I did. (laughs) Of course, there was autocorrect when I tweeted about it. And uh, I meant to write betting a warrior princess, which was Davin's line. And it put betting as in, you know, casino betting a warrior princess. And I'm like, oh, my God, stupid autocorrect. But you should always bet on the warrior princess. That is good advice. Yes, you should. Yes. But it totally gave me Xena flashbacks, and I was very, very happy about that line. So I really do hope that Emily Andrus and Michelle Ovretta are Xena fans as well as Buffy fans. I think they would be. Speaking of names, we also heard that John's middle name was Andrush, which was the last name that Davin was using when he was on the slave ship. Which makes Uh. me wonder, do you think it was like their mother's maiden name or something? I wonder. Because after a while, I realized that, oh, Kobe, which was the first name he was using, maybe he just pulled that off of Jacoby and thought he would respond to that fairly easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was surprised to hear that John's middle name was Andrash. That's a good thought that it might be his, their mother's maiden name. Well, because like my cousins have as their middle names, they're, they're two brothers. They both have their mother's maiden name as their middle name. So just throwing it out there. And then, of course, the... Big reveal of the episode, we caught up to Dr. Jaeger, Jaeger, they say it both ways, it seems like, on the show, who was played by Amanda Tapping, who a lot of people know from Stargate. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement on Twitter about Amanda Tapping being in this episode. Evil Dr. Jaeger, though. And I'm sorry I misspelled Dr. Jaeger, apparently, on Twitter, and I was like, dang it, I can't get all the names straight, obviously. It's hard for me to spell Klein, it really is. Well, it's a strange spelling. I have to think and about it Potter, every time. I, I know. And Jaeger, just the names of Killjoys, the spellings, they're killing me. <laughs> but joyfully. <laughs> I guess. And Dr. Jaeger, even though she tried to tell him otherwise is for at, at first, obviously revealed that Davin did not kill his squad of his own free will, as he had feared. Yes. So what was her endgame? It was... To try to get soldiers to turn on their own and do the kind of thing that Davin did? What's the purpose of that? Just to make a perfect weapon? Well, that's the question now. Because that was the reveal, was that she said that the, I guess it was the company wanted them to turn soldiers against their own forces. And she said it wasn't supposed to be, you know, nobody was supposed to actually get killed. It was supposed to be some sort of demonstration, a proof of concept, she said. Oh, yeah, that's right. But apparently also reminded they, me of Orphan Black. Yeah, mm. but apparently they did their job too well, at least that aspect of it, because they couldn't stop him, apparently, from killing yeah. his, his squad, his I guess. His friend's determination to kill her, yeah. So, you know, basically they kind of screwed it up, because when they... <laughs> That's an understatement, kind of? Chris. <laughs> kind of? <laughs> You know, a little bit. He killed his own squad. It wasn't. But, it was a little screw up. <laughs> but there was that, and there was the fact that he didn't completely forget what had happened. Like he still remembers yeah, right. bits of it, and so those were, you know, boobies. Doctor Yeager was Boo-boos. not not as good at her job as she thought she was. <laughs> no, nope. I was speaking in Chris terms. It was kind of a <laughs> kind of screwed up. It was a boo-boo. oh dear, as Chris would say, that's a boo boo. <laughs> Little, little problem. <laughs> Not quite right. It's just a flash wound. <laughs> Come here, you. 
I'll bite your legs off. <laughs> I also thought it was really interesting, the reveal that Dr. Bliss, the way that she was using Dr. Yeager's technology to implant memories, false memories, essentially, so that people could know what certain experiences were like without having had them. I thought that was fascinating because she mentioned specifically about knowing how what it feels like to have killed somebody. Like, mm. oh, wow. Yeah. Why would you want to know that? But at the same time, if somebody's curious about that, I would much rather them go to her than actually kill somebody. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I guess. So Dr. Yeager is just all about taking away the memories, essentially, and controlling them, the soldiers. Is that it what seemed her- like it, there were two parts to it. It seemed like part of it was controlling them neurologically, and then the other part was having them forget what they had done afterward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the thing with Dr. Bliss, that sounds like total recall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Shall we move on to stuff that made us happy? Yes. Just do it, Chris. Just do it. So <laughs> I enjoyed at the beginning that Johnny basically needs needs some time to work on, on the little neural implant thing. So Devin takes Dutch out to distract her with their little target practice game, which <laughs> I had to make the joke and Stephanie's not going to get it. But, you know, Devin cut the snitch. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. I get it. I get it. Thank you. (laughs) And that snitch came in very handy at the end. I know. I kind of enjoy that. There's another thing I enjoy. I enjoy that Dutch just kind of like happens to have stuff on her person that helps her get out of tricky situations. Yep. That helps her get out of cells and all kinds of stuff. Directional charges and little snitch things. Dutch should keep all that kind of stuff on her all the time. I'm guessing you did not make a Dr. Seuss reference with snitch. It is Harry Potter. That's what I figured. Okay. Thank you. Close, but no banana, Stephanie. (laughs) No banana? (laughs) I've never had a banana as a prize before. (laughs) It's an expression. It's close, but no cigar. Oh, shit. (laughs) I I have a tendency to get expressions wrong. (laughs) Well, they're both phallic. You're close. (laughs) (laughs) Now who's being dirty? I'm always dirty. But that was my job. Speaking of dirty, I loved when Johnny was seeking advice from Pre about Dutch and Davin sleeping with each other. And I like that he called it in flagrant dictation. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> and that Pre knew what he was talking about, at least. Yes. <laughs> Slapping his hands together. That was so fun. It's like my brother's banging my sister. <laughs> I cracked up a lot in that scene. <laughs> I like Johnny and Pre together a lot. I know. I th- I'm not saying to date. I'm not saying no, to no, date. No, yeah, just yeah. To, yeah, as friends. I like them. <laughs> I think Pre should have his own spinoff now. He's one of my favorite Killjoy's characters. But I love that they had a little heart to heart. And he's Pre's telling Johnny, you know, if you had to choose, you'd pick her because, you know, nothing much can hurt our Dutch. And I love, I love how he refers to her as our Dutch, that he has... You know, platonic affection for Dutch. But I I swear, it was like the best line of the show. I died laughing. Don't blame Davin for climbing the tree when all you were going to do was sit by it. (laughs) I was surprised that the sexy time scenes got as explicit as they did. I thought they would just cut to commercial and we wouldn't get that second scene. But that 
yeah, that surprised me. From the creator of Lost Girl. <laughs> I was going to say, that surprises you, considering it's from, yeah. the. But it's on sci-fi. It's not made for Showtime like Lost Girl is. Yeah, Lost Girl's not, though. Showcase. Oh, sorry. Thank you. It's made for Showcase. Lost Girl's made for Showcase. This was made for sci-fi. I wasn't expecting quite as as explicit scenes, the I guess. Sci-fi's been getting pretty racy for a while. Yeah, I hear, I hear um, that... Uh, Dominion is pretty pretty racy, and considering that they showed all of the Docubus sex scenes from season three on Sci-Fi, yeah. Annie is talking um, about Lost Girl. Yes, I, I haven't watched Dominion, but Defiance has had some. Demi- not Dominion. I meant Defiance. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Defiance has had some scenes. That's true. I and can. Jamie Murray is just like naked half the time. <laughs> just about. As she should be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> You don't know how many lesbians Jamie Murray creates with all of her scenes in her career. And Jamie Murray about knows. That. Yeah, Jamie Murray, yeah. <laughs> she knows. But I also liked that Pre was later at the hospital when Johnny was not well. It was nice to I see know. him included in the group of people who was worried about John. I like that a lot, too. Me, too. Yeah, I think that this episode did sort of reaffirm that Pre's part of the the extended family. Mm-hmm. I want to see more pre. I want I want him to be more than just like the gay sidekick. I want him to get yeah. storylines. Maybe in season two, which we can hope. Ooh, what if he had a warrant put out on him? That'd be interesting. I hope like, not. And it was a false. Well, no, a false no. warrant or something like really interesting like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I would still worried. I'm not saying me too. We me do too. It, but I would be worried. No, not pre. I know. And it's, it's hard to file this under stuff that made me happy, but it made me happy in that I thought it was well done. Uh, but when Lucy was trying to help Johnny, but he didn't, but she didn't know what to do. I know. And she's like, I don't know what to do, John. Like it, I, I, I had a physical reaction to that. I was like, oh. Did your heart Lucy. go twinge? It did. A ship. I can't believe I'm this affected by a ship, but it, it made me sad. I can. I can believe it. <laughs> And I'm frantically tweeting, what do you mean, Lucy? Do something! Save Johnny! So, uh, but, but yeah, that was very, that was, yes, that was very, very smart of her. She's a very smart ship, so. And of course she summoned Potter, mm-hmm. and Potter invoked her crushy roots or something to save John, which was and interesting. And gave yeah. him her own blood, it looked like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, I, how are you feeling about Potter this week, Chris? Are you liking her a little better? It's not like I didn't like her before. It's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes you're kind of like, no, Potter. <laughs> but yes, I, I I, think Potter redeemed herself some for me this episode. And and Dutch, too, apparently, because Dutch gave her gave her a big hug at the end. I know. Yeah. I, like, oh, I know. That's must, nice. I think they like each other a bit better now, or Dutch will give Potter a bit more slack. But it was interesting when Potter was using her, her influence to save John. And the medship replied, they re- they referred to her as Saya, I think. She was, gave her name as Eleanor Saya Sims, so. But then isn't Del Saya also, that's her name, is Saya like a title or is it a proper name? I think it's a title. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought, because it took me a minute to make that connection. So is that like a title of the nine? I think so. Okay. I suspect, because she said anyway. her land was in the name of Sims, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so she's not in the same family as Delsea, who's a Kendry, right? But, but she's maybe- in one of the influential families of the Nine. That's what we're. Is that has that been implied? 
I don't know that she's necessarily a member of the Nine, but they have established that she is from Crush, so she has mm-hmm. land on Crush. Yeah, she is somebody, even if not of the Nine. Yeah, she yeah. has a much higher station than the majority of people on Westerly, or at least she did before she was kicked off. And we still don't know why she was kicked off, right? Nope, they haven't answered that yet. Mm-hmm. But they did respond to her call, so. So she hasn't had all of her privileges revoked, apparently. Mm-hmm. I was worried they were going to say, you know, we you were arrested for something and we can't come respond to your call or something like that. Well, if I had somebody saying, I'll stake you in the rain, I'd probably respond. I did <laughs> think that was pretty badass. Good uh, good call. Yeah. But I actually thought of this epi- from this episode, pretty much once Davin st- stabs Johnny, I thought, oh, that big sequence of kind of high tension stuff was really well done. I liked that conversation mm-hmm. that John was having with Davin when he was trying to snap him out of it. And I just thought that whole sequence was, was well done. I really liked the music sequences in this episode. Like I need to look, go on iTunes or what is that? I find whatever I music, whatever, you tune know, that find, thing tune, where you look tune, tune find. find. Thank you. Thank you. And look up what the music was in this episode. I know one of the artists was tweeting about it. Um, before this episode aired. But yeah, I'd like the sequence when Davin and Dutch are making out, and then later with everybody at the hospital, I like those two sequence, sequences musically. I know we talk about the music a lot because we like it, but yeah, I thought it was great this episode. Like, really mm-hmm. Me too. consistently excellent. Hang on, I, yeah. I did look up what the one song was while they were having the big sequence towards the end with like the the hospital stuff, and Davin cleaning up. It was Stare Into the Light by Dear Frederick. Okay. That will be on my iTunes. But yeah, I like that I like that sequence when you see how tortured Davin is after he's cleaning up Johnny's blood in that slow-mo shot of the towel ringing out with all the blood, even though it was a little squeaky. But um, I thought that was excellent. Well done. It was all very effectively heartbreaking. Yes. The slow-mo was a little much for me, but in I general, know, I thought it was You were not good. a fan of slow-mo. The slow-mo is usually a little much for me, but I yeah, didn't mind yeah. it that much in this episode. I did appreciate, though, that they showed Davin cleaning up the blood, because that's always something that bugs me on sci-fi series, is <laughs> there'll be like this big Nobody mess left up. over, and I'm like, who's going to clean that up? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was used very appropriately, right? Like, this is him doing penance. He feels terribly yeah. about what he did, and this is the least he can do, is clean up his brother's blood from mm-hmm. from where it fell. Right. Well, not even the least he can do. I mean, as you say, it's a penance, and it's another way to punish himself. But we mentioned when the series started that the music was being done by Trevor Yule, who was the composer for Orphan Black. And I have seen Trevor credited alongside Tim Welch on some subsequent episodes, but it seems like Tim Welch has taken over the music for the series, and I'm enjoying what he's doing, too. Yeah, he has. Mm-hmm. I think Trevor Yule, beyond the first episode, did, yeah, he co-composed with Tim Welch for one episode, and I think the rest has been Tim Welch. But Tim Welch has been doing a great job, I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed it a lot. And as we were talking about before, I I like that everybody is just like looking out for each other and worrying about each other. And, you know, so many hugs. I know. (sighs) And I thought it was well done that we had Johnny sitting at the bar asking Pre, you know, who would I pick if things went badly? And he was pretty much immediately tested. And we saw who he did pick and he picked Dutch. Yeah. 
Because you have a moment where he's like, no, Davin would never do that. And then once he sees Dutch and the extent of, you know, how badly Davin has beaten her, he's just, okay, what do we do? And he believes her. So I thought that was a nice moment. And I do like that Johnny's thing sort of seems to be that, you know, these are the people he knows that and he loves them and he has faith in them, you know, Mm -hmm. that this is not, okay, Davin technically did this, but he knows that this isn't something that Davin, if he was in his right mind, would ever do, you know what I mean? Yeah, which correlates to the scene where he's just trying to bring him around. And I think this is a good place to segue into questions. Because clearly, even though Johnny and Dutch know Davin wasn't truly responsible for his actions, how will they recover as a team from this incident? Oh, man, it's going to be really, really hard. But I can see your point, Stephanie, because it is make it made even more difficult because Davin and Dutch slept together. And now, yeah, everything else has happened. So, Because even if you aren't in control of your actions, like, the fact is, he still did it, whether or not he wanted to. So there's still this, you know, can you necessarily fully trust somebody? There are, there are questions left, is what I'm getting at, you know? Mm-hmm. Because even though she destroyed Dr. Yeager's equipment, who's to say somebody else couldn't also flip the switch? I mean, right. even though Dutch and Johnny know that Davin wouldn't do it intentionally, I could see where they would be worried that he might still be violent if somebody flipped the switch again. Right. Yeah, because he still has those implants in and doesn't really look like they're easy to get out. And yeah, and he still has to deal with the fact that and and the guilt of what he did, because it's terrible that and I don't know if this is an intended consequence of Dr. Yeager's research that he remembers everything. You know, it'd be almost better if he didn't remember everything, but he does. And that's another way to torture himself. But like you, Annie, I was confused by Dutch's line about, but it's me at the end of this episode. And I I think Chris is right in what she's getting at, the idea that Dutch realized that unlike Davin, who didn't have a choice, she had a choice in killing the people that she did. But I was, I don't know, I I don't wonder if there's also, uh, if there could be more meaning to it than just that. Well, we don't know. We still have stuff to be revealed about the relationship and the background with Klein and Dutch. And how much of a choice did she have as an eight-year-old or in her environment that she grew up in that she had to be trained to kill? From what we saw in the flashbacks, she was basically forced into it. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't seem to have any choice if she wanted to live. So, yeah, it's, it's a complicated situation. But how long did Klein have an influence? And how long was she in that situation where it was with Klein when she was growing up to be to kill or be killed? And when did that transition into, you know, I mean, has it ever been a point where she's had to kill not in self-defense? Has that become automated for her, kind of like it did for Davin, because that's how she's grown up and that's what she's trained in? You know what I mean? Like an automated response. Well, and now we've got new information that has made... Dutch's story even more crowded, complicated something, because there's this new added element of being a warrior princess through marriage. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, when would that have happened? Because apparently she's been with Johnny for seven years, right? Seven, Mm -hmm. eight years. And 
I mean, I don't know. I'm curious how old Dutch is supposed to be, because I think Hannah John Common's like 25 or something. She's pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. She's not that old. And so I'm like, when would that have happened? <laughs> if, well, if Dutch is supposed to be as old as Hannah John Common. It makes me wonder, given her background, and she grew up in a royal harem, but it, she certainly didn't have freedom, it seems, being under Klein. And where were her parents during this whole thing? Did they just hire Klein to do this? You know, is that what happens to people in the harem or some people that are singled out? Now that she's mentioning a marriage, it makes me wonder, was it an arranged marriage? That's my impression. Yeah. And then this just occurred to me. She says she's a widow. Is it like the ultimate test that Klein gave her to kill her husband? Possible. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. It was my impression that Dutch was either parentless, was orphaned, or maybe her parents turned her over to the royal harem from what we learned in the episode in, in Vassal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that's pretty horrible, though, Dutch's upbringing. It makes me wonder how she got out of Klein's influence and became a killjoy with some form of autonomy. We see where Dutch confronts Dr. Jaeger, and she gives her a choice. She says it very dramatically. I'm giving you what you didn't give Davin, a choice, the gun, or the memory wipe treatment. And Dr. Jaeger chooses the gun, but she wipes her memory instead. Do we think she would have actually killed her? Because we've seen that Dutch tries to go out of her way to not kill people. I don't know, because I was thinking about that as Dr. Jaeger said the gun, and I was like, ooh, is Dutch going to do it? But I thought that was a really interesting turn, that Dutch turned the tables on her and said, okay, give her the memory wipe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Because she hurt somebody that she really cares about. I don't know. It's complicated, like I said. And I love that the series is presenting all of these questions that make it complicated, because it's such good character building. But... Yeah, I don't know. But um, I'm sorry, but I still said, as Chris would say, deserved it when uh, Jaeger got the memory wipe. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you deserve that. Jaeger's not a nice woman. No. No. Definitely not. But it's interesting because, you know, I really hadn't thought about it that much watching the episode. But now that you mention it, yeah, I, it seems like Dutch wouldn't do it just because we have seen her go so out of her way to not kill people. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we have seen her shoot people if somebody else's life was at stake. We saw her snap that one guy's right. neck in, in Vessel also. So, right. yeah, I I guess she might have done it. Yeah. If she really, you know, thought she needed to. But I don't know. I think, personally, I think she would have done the opposite of whatever Dr. Yeager said, regardless of what she said. Because I think what she was trying to create in that situation is what she feels like Dr. Yeager did to Davin. Mm-hmm. Davin thinking, oh, he has free will of mm-hmm. with, go- with what's going on in his life. And then Dr. Yeager took it away from him. Right. So Dutch offers her, offers her a choice, but then doesn't care Takes what she says away. in regards to her choice. Yeah. I mean, that was my impression watching it. Yeah. That she just do the opposite of whatever Dr. Yeager said she wanted. I'm also wondering, what did Carlene tell Johnny about the neural link? Because we see him come back, and that's when he walks in on Davin and Dutch. And so we didn't actually, that I can remember, hear what she said about the neural link. And yeah. she said she gets to keep it if she fixed it. So that'd be interesting. If what, what if she did something dangerous with it? I don't know if she'd come back. But that's a dangerous piece of tech to be out there floating around. Potentially. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, hopefully they'll get follow-up on that next week, or I would assume next week. I don't know. We'll see. There are only three episodes left. I know. I can't believe we are so far into the season already. By so fast. It's crazy. But that did really make me squeaky when Potter pulled the neural link out. Because I thought for a minute she was pulling some of Johnny's brainstem out. And I'm like, oh, Lucy will be mad if you do that. But it was just all the wires. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I realized it was wires after a second, but I thought it was maybe gooey yeah, interior like, matter yeah. at first. <laughs> well, they they showed the screen with the that showed like the little tentacle parts of the implant yeah. getting pulled out, like strings. You know, it's oh, just okay. <laughs> it still made me cringe pretty hard. No, I got that after I saw the screen again. I was like, oh, it's just wires. But I I think realistically quote unquote i think they did have some gooey stuff as it should have been some gooey stuff on the wires right yeah so because i'm pretty sure there was some slime on them yeah Mm -hmm. but going back to what dr jaeger revealed to dutch she made that comment about their mandate being to turn soldiers against their own forces and i'm correct right she she's employed by the company she mentions that the company helped her get away and put the Kill warrants on Davin, right? Right. Well, she also says she lost her job. I thought she was employed by the company. So, who is she working for? That's what for I'm saying. When she, she when she yeah. did the experiment on Davin, she was working for the company. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean exactly? Does the company already own the military, or so. are they somehow taking on the military? I I was curious about that. Well, and then she said, "You don't know what's coming to the quad." And that's something, is it something that could threaten everybody, company or, or nay? So, yeah, that's a really interest, interesting line that I only caught a, um, out on a second viewing. I have no idea. Because if something as bad is coming, or they think something bad is coming, I can see why they would want to build these soldiers who, you know, you flip a switch and they kill everything. But why would they train them to kill their own team? Are they oh. planning to send them as moles into whatever bad is coming. It's all very curious. Possibly. I don't know. Or if, you know, they're doing something really shady or planning on using the soldiers for something shady and don't want any witnesses, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I got the feeling that Jaeger was fired from the company, but as a condition, she somehow was still able to get being putting the black warrant on Davin yeah, and that's what she said. You know, yeah. It wasn't a black warrant, it was a it was a kill warrant. Oh, kill warrant, sorry. But yeah, she was kind of working on her own and not doing really good things, I think. But maybe that maybe uh Dutch should have gotten that piece of information before she wiped her memories. Wait, what's the bad thing coming? Okay. Got it. Well, and she was at a black site research facility, which the implication there being that it's some sort of authority that she's working for, right? Mm. Because she said that she lost her job. Maybe that meant she no longer worked at the project with the soldiers like she was. She got moved to another place in the company. Not necessarily that she was fired completely from the company. It's all very mysterious. Yeah, I don't know. But this is this is why it's in the questions section of our episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But it's what also makes it a good show. So we also have the question, you know, now that Delcea has shown up and... Dutch owes her a favor now. So do we think that Dulce is going to exploit that favor that Dutch owes her? Yeah, that well, never... but how? That never like, goes well in TV land when you have things like that. You owe me a favor. And it always comes at the most inopportune moment. 
I'm very intrigued what she will want Dutch to do. Yeah. Because I think we saw this coming from the end of the her oh, last yeah. appearance, right? You know, find me everything you can about her. Mm-hmm. But how she managed to manipulate the situation so that Dutch had to owe her a favor and not just, I'm going to hire you, it makes me extra worried. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that seems to be what Delsea does with Dutch. Because when we saw her before, it's like, you know, I need you to do this thing, but I can't have it traced back to me. So that seems to be what the upcoming favor is going to be to something under the radar. I need something done, but I can't, I can't have it traced back to me. So yeah. Well, Delsea, she seems to be a master manipulator because even in Vessel, she didn't tell Dutch the whole story. You know, and Dutch was like, well, which family paid you off? So yeah, I don't know. Makes me worried. She's a shady lady. Mm hmm. <laughs> But she's a pretty hot shady lady. <laughs> so also, and this isn't really so much a question as it is perhaps an obvious statement, but now that we've seen sort of a resolution to Davin's past, do you think we'll see more of Duchess? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and going back to what Ray was saying earlier about taking on Klein and getting rid of him once and for all. I don't want that to happen too quickly. I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting having Klein out there in unknown lands, and I wouldn't actually want them to resolve that entirely in this first season, personally. Yeah, it seems like he'd be a good sort of recurring shadowy figure type. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't know, as we were talking about earlier, if it could totally be over with Davin, because some, what if someone else takes control of him or duplicates Jaeger's tech? So yeah, that's also could be a loose thread. But what I'd like to see is, um, Johnny have a really good story arc, like Davin and Dutch. Not that he hasn't, you know, a little bit, but, you know, we've seen him really supporting Davin and Dutch through what they're going through, but I'm looking forward to Johnny having something he can really work on or struggle with. Not that I don't love Johncy. In the media call at the beginning of the season, or before the season started, it sounded like that's not going to happen in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured. But Yeah, I feel like John has Johnny has gotten good. It's not that he hasn't had good material, but he hasn't had as big of an overarching through line the way that Dutch and, and Davin have because they both yeah. have these mysterious paths that they're running from. And Johnny, not so much. She's like, hey, it's me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs some good, solid support? <laughs> yeah. I know. Not that there couldn't be, but I'm, I'm hoping if we get a season two that he gets a good arc. Of course. Yeah, me too. Which is why I want them to hashtag renew Killjoys. Renew, renew Killjoys. So thank you to John and Ray for sending feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Send us your feedback to killjoys at askgenretv.com. Leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Or you can record a voice memo with your smartphone and email it to us. We live tweet on Fridays during both the East and West Coast airings of Killjoys in the U.S. and Canada. Follow us on Twitter at Killjoys Podcast to chime in. We're also on Tumblr as Killjoys Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the quad. <laughs>